0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Wit, Jesus. Sports. It's about sports. Wit. It's witty, you know. It could get a little crazy in here. Jesus, the Lord, man. The Lord we praise. The Lord. Jesus. That's the name. That's the word. Let's get it. Welcome. Welcome to episode 16 guys. We made it to sweet 16. Let's get it. Let's go. You know, we're just going to keep it simple, keep it short. Intro. Welcome back to episode 16. Um let's get it, man. MO we're going to talk about the we're, we're mostly just going to talk about MOB today. Um we're going to talk about the MOB league leaders and just the Yankees and the Mets. and you know just just that in. You know, we're going to keep it short. Marco's got to go to church today. We're going to church today, guys. We're going to church and we're going to have a great time. I cannot wait. (laughs) So uh, let's get it, man. Let's just get right into the sports. Welcome back to episode 16. Thank you guys for listening, man. Let's get it. Let's go. So we're going to start off with the league leaders. You already know how how it goes, man. First episode of the week, we talk about the league leaders, man. Starting off with the highest average in the MLB, none other than Luis Arise, Luis Areyes. I like to say Areyes because I feel like that's how it's pronounced, but it's called Arise for some reason. Who knows? Um, he's batting 351 for the season. Wow, wow! He's batting 351 for the season for the Marlins. Right behind him, you got Freddie Freeman batting 339. Man, man, no oh man. These guys can hit. Leading the league in home runs. None other than Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani son, man. We got my boy Pete Alonzo uh rounding out the top three. And he's got 39 home runs. Shout out to my boy Alonzo, man. RBIs leading the league in RBIs. Matt Olson, man. Matt Olson is having a crazy year for the for the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves got about like six people on that team that has 20 or more home runs. Can you believe that? Six people on that team that has 20 more home runs, man. Ooh, those guys are killing it over there. But Matt Olson, my boy, Matty, Matty Olson, leading the league in RBIs with 112 RBIs, man. Wow, we got my boy Pete Alonzo right behind him in second place with 95 RBIs, man. Let's go. My The next Met that we see is my boy Lindor. He's, he's 22 in the league, and he's got 79 RBIs. Don't see anybody from the Yankees. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, but let's go to the stolen bases, man. Who's leading the league in stolen bases? None other than Ronald Acuna, man. He's got 59 stolen bases, man. Wow. 59 stolen bases. You got... Estevan Ruiz right behind him with forty nine, and Corbin Carroll rounding out the top three with thirty nine. Man, Okunia's having having a season. Man, he's having a season. Clearly, the front runner for the NL MVP. Mookie Betts is you know right behind him, but AL MVP. Come on, man. Come on. Is that even a question, man? Is that even a question? Sheesh Alright so leading the uh, So we're gonna go to the pitching stats now Leading the league in uh, ERA um, Earned run average For my Whatever 2.73 ERA Blake's now leading the league Let's get it Wins Who's got the most wins in the league Spencer Strider from the Braves Not surprising Who's leading the league in strikeouts Spencer Strider. My boy has 236 strikeouts, man. Wow. Why isn't he in the front runner for Cy Young? I I don't understand. I don't understand. And last but not least, leading the league in saves, the closers, Emmanuel A. My man's been number one this whole season. But we have a tie at first place. We have a tie at first place with 34 saves, Alexis Diaz. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said Diaz. You know why? Because that's Edwin Diaz's brother, man. Edwin Diaz. If it wasn't for that freak injury in the World Baseball Classic, my boy Edwin Diaz would be smoking these guys. But unfortunately, he's not. Tragic, 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 man. Tragic, tragic. (laughs) All right, man. Let's get into the standings, man. Who's leading what teams? Who are the best teams in the league? Who are the best teams in the league? We're going to start off with the American League East division. Leading that division are the Baltimore Orioles with 81 wins and 48 losses. The Yankees are in last place. Yikes. The AL Central. We got the Minnesota Twins leading that division with 67 wins and 63 losses. The AL West. We have a tie at the AL West between the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. Both teams have 73 wins and 56 losses. The Houston Astros, right behind them, with 73 wins and 58 losses. They're one game behind the top spot in that division. So very close race in that division between those three teams. National League, we're going on to the National League. The National League East, none other than the Atlanta Braves, 84 wins, 44 losses. I mean, if you got six players on that team that have 20 home runs each, you guys better be at top of the division, man. And, you know, the, this is the Mets division, the NL East, and they're in last place. They're in last place. They've got 59 wins, 71 losses. <laughs> This is this is getting real dark real fast. <laughs> NL Central, we got the Minnesota, I mean not the Minnesota, sorry. The Milwaukee Brewers leading the league, leading the division with 72 wins, 57 losses. And the NL West, none other than the Los Angeles Dodgers. These guys have won that division for like 10 years straight. And they're 79 they have 79 wins and 49 losses the the Arizona Diamondbacks gave them you know they were leading that division but you know they've kind of slowed down in the second half and it's just it's not looking good it's not looking good at top of the wild card spots um so for the AL wild card uh we got the Rays that are in the AL wild card uh the Mariners, the Texas, I mean the the Mariners, the Rangers and Houston all on the americ all have a spot in the al wild card for now in the national league you got the phillies the cubs and the diamondbacks in the wild card spot the mets are 9 games out of the wild card so we're not even oh my god oh my goodness man what a season for new york teams man when it comes to
1: baseball <laughs> It's just been
0: so tragic, you know? So tragic. These guys had championship projections this year before the season and they're both in last place. They both teams are in last place. After after the Mets won 100 games last year, Yankees won. Yankees had a they had 90 wins last year and both teams are right now under 500. Yankees are five games under 500. The Mets are 12 games under 500. Oh, man. Oh,
1: my heart. My heart. My
0: heart, my heart, man. My heart. So, you know, I just, you know, I was thinking. You know, while I was off, I was thinking, if I'm only doing episodes when, you know, the Yankees and the Mets, they're performing, I'll be a bandwagon. You know, I'll be considered a bandwagon, even though I'm always watching the games and, you know, I'm always keeping in tune and, you know. But I just have to, I have to be consistent, you know, even through the ups and downs, I have to be consistent. And I got to put out episodes regularly, even, you know, whenever Whenever the teams are struggling, whenever the teams are winning, I don't care. I got to be consistent. I have to be consistent and, uh, you know, put some content out there for you guys, man. Let's get it. But we're going to get into the Mets game. Let's get into the Mets game. Okay, so the Mets game. I tuned in at the bottom of the fourth. Uh, the reason I tuned in at the bottom of the fourth is because uh, I, w- I wanted to watch the whole game. But after work, I went to get a haircut. <laughs> Not a haircut, but, you know, I got a little shape up. You know what I'm saying? Got a little shapey shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a shape up. And, uh, you know, after the shape up, I went to go see a basketball game in Watson. You know, the Watson Classic. My home My home neighborhood. You know, they always got some good games going on. I saw one of my boys, you know, from middle school, my boy Santi. They call him Santi, but, you know, his name is Santiago, my boy. You know, it was really good seeing him, you know. Um, But it was a tough game yesterday, tough game. Um, It was good games, you know, came down to the wire, came down to free throws. But, uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun just to watch basketball. I love watching basketball. I love watching sports. You know, I love being around it. It's always fun. Maybe I could catch the championship game later today after after church. Maybe I'll just swing on by there and just chill. But um, nonetheless, you know, I came in. I tuned in at the bottom of the fourth. The Mets come in 59-70, 8.5 games behind the final wildcard spot. And uh, as I tuned in, I noticed the score, and it was five to two, five to two, five to two. Mets are down. Um, after a rough outing from Carrasco, he went one point two innings. He gave up seven hits, five earned runs, and he had one strikeout. Just a terrible, terrible outing from Carlos Cookie Carrasco.
1: He just didn't have
0: anything working today. He was leaving pitches hanging, over the plate, not getting ahead. And he just he just didn't have it today. He just didn't have it today. And I don't know, man. This might be his final start of the season. And his final start as a Met. Hmm. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> But the Angels they, they scored five in the, in the first two innings. I'm going to tell you right now how they scored. Um. Okay, here we go. So uh, Mickey Moniak hit a solo home run, 2-0. I mean, not a solo home run. He hit a home run in center field, 2-0. Actually, the first run, I'm sorry, guys. Let me get it together. Come on, Marcos! Stop playing. So Brandon Jury singles on a line drive uh, to left fielder. Um, Shohei Ohtani scored. He let off. You know he he got a double. He had a double in the top top of the second. Mickey Moniac hit a hit a fly ball. Hit a hit a hit a homer to center field. Luis Renhefio hit a line drive. He he drove in Trey Cabbage and. uh... Shohei Otani just hits a triple, you know, like he regularly does. You know, he's just a stud, man. That's his eighth triple of the season. He's got an RBI triple. Brandon Jury hits a double. And that's all the scoring for the rest of the game for the Angels. The Mets score their first run on a throwing error. This is how bad it is. This is how bad it is. This is how bad the Mets can't hit. The Mets score their first run on a throwing error. By the first basement, after the Mets were caught in a pickle. They were caught in a pickle because they had man on first and third. First and second. Jeff McNeil is on first. Francisco Lindor is on second. Francisco Lindor, he's hopping around, you know, trying to play with the pitcher and stuff. And, you know, he fakes like he's going to go to third. He fakes like he's going to go steal third. And then Jeff McNeil, you know, just runs to second. He doesn't see... That Francisco Lindor, you know, faked the steal. So they're caught in a pickle. They're caught in a pickle. Francisco Lindor breaks to third. And the first baseman cracked his own pitcher in the head after trying to get Lindor out at third. He throws the ball to third. The pitcher's in the middle. Bam! He cracked him in the head. Oh, my God! He cracked him in the head. And you could just hear it from the TV. You can hear it. Like he cracked him in the head. And then uh, you know, the ball gets away. The ball gets away. Lindor scores five one. The Mets score their first run. <laughs> Off of that play. Off of that play. That he, that almost horrible base running error. Well, it was a base running error. But oh my God. That was just horrible baseball right there, man. Horrible. That just shows you the Mets' season right there, man. It shows you. You know, later on, DJ Stewart, he's been swinging a hot bat lately. Uh, He hits an RBI single to cut the lead to three. Bottom fifth. Mets get the first two men on with no outs and can cash him in. They cannot cash him in. The last two hitters from the from the lineup, the eight and the nine hitter, they get on base. Nimmo, you know, top lineup is up. Nimmo comes up, he strikes out. Francisco Lindor comes up, he strikes out. Jeff McNeil, oh my I don't I I I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of McNeil, man. He's just he has no pop. He has no pop whatsoever. No pop. McNeil grounds out on the first pitch. I've seen that a lot from him, you know. He just goes after the first pitch, and he gets weak contact and does nothing. I haven't really seen him work, you know, pitchy, pitches, work counts, you know, be be a pain to get out. No, this guy's a free swinger. He swings first pitch. He has no pop. Nothing. Met strand two, bottom sits. Bottom sixth, the Mets cut the lead after Vogelback hits a bomb, his fifth bomb in 13 games. I was bashing him before he hit that bomb because he let a 3 1 fastball go by. He let a 3 1 fastball go by, and he didn't even bother swinging at it. But then, you know, the next pitch, he has a bomb. And can you also believe that he doesn't have a hit against a lefty this whole season? <laughs> Now now that's just tragic That's just tragic Nonetheless He hits a bomb 5-3 Angel still up Later on Next inning Mets get two more on And guess what They can't shorten up They can't clutch up And they can't bring him home They leave two more stranded They leave two more stranded on base Mets just can't get that hit Bottom eighth Pete Pete Alonzo gets drilled in the back of the head, bench is clear, and he gets taken out. And I could could understand, you know, Pete Alonzo's frustration because he's leading the league in hit-by-pitches. He's literally leading the league in hit-by-pitches. Let's Google that. How many times has Pete Alonzo gotten hit Um, gotten hit by pitch. Damn it! It's not showing. That's probably a stat that I should have had. Um. <clears throat> That's probably a a stat that I should have, you know, probably, uh, you know, had uh, prepared. Hit by pitch. He's got hit in 17 times. 17. 17 times this season he's gotten plunked. He's got, he he missed some time for that, man. He had a fracture in his wrist. Like, come on, man. You got to understand his frustration. Gotta understand his frustration. So, you know, the bench is clear, um, and he gets taken out. He gets taken out. Stewart gets a hit. Man on first and second, one out. And guess what? The Mets, they strand two more.
1: Bottom ninth.
0: Mets go down 1-2-3, and they lose 5-3. to
1: three.
0: Mets lose their fourth straight game. And are in last place two games behind the Nationals. Is it me or, or my mic? It's, it sounds a little funky. Sounds a little funky from the mic. I mean, from my headphones. But nonetheless.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I like clapping. That was supposed to be the laughing sound, guys. Whatever. Next. Oh man, the Mets are two games behind the Nationals for last place. Am I tripping? Like, come on, man! The Mets, after winning a hundred games last season, are in last place.
1: Last place.
0: Last place. Can 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 you just can you just believe that? Like, I oh, uh, I I know I know I know I'm a little late, but it's sad. You know, I finally get to express how I'm feeling. Because who wants to get on and do a podcast and talk about their team freaking stinking it up? Stinking it up. Like who? Come on, man. You got to be kidding me. Nobody want to talk about this. This is sad. This is tragic. The Mets are playing horrible baseball right now. You know? But you know what they say, the Mets are going to Met. In conclusion, the Mets bats weren't able to come through with men on base. They left eight men on and went one for ten with men in scoring position. Scoring position means when there's a man on second and third. And they couldn't get a hit. Mets look to avoid the sweep tomorrow. But a huge shout-out. Huge shout-out to the bullpen. As they went seven in the third inning and gave up no runs and only two hits. You see, there's something to cheer about. There's something to cheer about. <laughs> there's something to cheer about, the bullpen and this is something you know that we had problems with before in the se- you know earlier in the season. You see this is the type of things that were just happening to the Mets. These these were the types of things that were just happening to the Mets. They 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 can't hit when men are in scoring position. And then the pitching does good. The pitching does bad, the Mets the Mets score like 12 runs, but the pitching can't hold it up. The starters can't last five innings. The bullpen blows the lead. Like, this is the type of thing, you know, that was going on this whole entire season. You know, they just couldn't get in sync. They couldn't get in sync, and they couldn't play winning baseball. You know, my hope for the playoffs is it's over for the Mets. You know, it's over. They just didn't look good all season. Like I said, you know, they never got into a winning rhythm. It. It was just, they never got in sync, you know? But hopefully they can make history and make the wild card. On to the Yankees versus the Rays. Yankees versus Rays. Yankees versus the Rays. So also, I had also a issue. You know, this is Optimum is trash, you guys. I'm sorry to bash Optimum, but they suck. Like my DVR isn't working. I almost I almost couldn't put out this episode because the DVR on my cable box wasn't working. So I couldn't I couldn't be able to watch the games. You know, watch the games at my own pace, take my own notes. You know, calm. But now, now we know, no, Optimum want to be acting up. Like, come on, man. Come on. What's up with you? What's up with Optimum, man? Yo, and Optimum is kind of pricey, man. Optimum is pricey. So since my DVR wasn't working, I had to watch the replay of the Yankees versus the Rays. I tuned in in the top fourth. That's funny, because I tuned in in the fourth inning last time. Sorry, guys. Sorry for that moment of silence. You know, just gathering my thoughts. Didn't really prep on the Yankees because I had to cut the prep short. You know, I got to wash my hair and get ready for church. Oh, gotta look good. <laughs> Nah, I'm, I'm chilling I'm chilling Alright, but Yankees versus Rays You know, Yankees won the game The the day before They won the day before 6-2 um, I've been to a couple Yankee games this season It's been pretty cool The last Yankee game that I went to And I feel like I deserve to You know, shout out the people Who took care of me At the Yankee game Cause it was a tough day that day That was a oh that was a crazy day So, um you know, went to the Yankee game. We witnessed, uh, I went to the Yankee game with my boy Yoni, my boy Charlie. You know, my boy Charlie. We talked about Charlie before. My boy Cha-Cha. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, we went to the game. Uh, we witnessed um, Aaron Judge hit three home runs for the first time in his career against the Nationals. And we also had some delicious food at the Pepsi Lounge. And I will just love to give a huge shout-out to my boy Quincy. My boy Quincy, I played uh, college baseball with him. You know, I remember he had a walk-off against Nassau. Um, my boy got hit in the CUNY chip. You know, he was a lefty. He, he had bombs. The dude was a stud, man. The dude was a stud. Second-year ball player. And, you know, he's just he he he's taking care of me, man. He's taking care of me every time I've gone to Yankee Stadium. And I just want to give him a huge shout-out, man. If you're ever in the Pepsi Lounge and you're... You're eating in the Pepsi Lounge, and you come across a guy named Quincy. Yo, tip him good, man. Tip him good. He'll take care of you. And, uh, you know, he's just a man, man. God bless him. And uh, nothing for the best for that guy, man. He's he's a stud. Huge shout-out to my boy Quincy, man. Quincy, if you're hearing this, probably not. But, you know, my man, yo, I, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I can't thank you enough uh, for taking care of me. Um, at the Pepsi lounge man you you you're the man man you're the man you're the bomb he's got a great heart guys he's got a great heart he's a good guy and uh you know he's 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 fun uh but back to the Yankees Yankees won uh the game before against the Rays but uh you know they have no hits so far Tyler Glasnow was dealing you know most of the Rays runs Came off of sack flies Isaiah Kina Falefa made an error at third You know So uh, Harold Ramirez got the raise On the board with a sack fly Jonathan Aranda for the Rays, hit a sack fly, 2-0. And then Josh Lowe uh, doubles. Randy Orozarena scored. So that's it right there, guys. That's it. That's all the scoring for this game. That's all the scoring for this game. The Yankees were only able to get two hits this whole game, and only one player got the hits. DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu got two hits, and the Yankees just look horrible. Yankees look horrible. Glasnow was dealing. Stanton, my boy Stanton, man. I I love that guy, man. I want nothing best. I want nothing but the best for my favorite player, but he's been on a crazy. This is probably like the worst this is the worst season of his career. He's batting like 204. He's got 19 homers. He has um you know, he 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 struck out a couple couple times last night. And uh the Yankees offense just cut him back. Just couldn't back up Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt had a great game yesterday. Uh, for the first time in his career, he went to the seventh inning, and he got it out. You know, he got it out. He went 6.2 innings. He gave up six hits, three runs, one earned. One earned run, and he struck out five. Huge shout-out to Clark Schmidt, you know. You know, he's been a horse this season. He's been a horse... He's he's been the Yankees' second-best starting pitcher behind Garrett Cole. Behind Garrett Cole for the season. And let me read you his stats for the season. He's 8-8. He's got a 4.51 ERA and 126 strikeouts and 129 innings pitched. So, you know, he... These are not eye-popping numbers. That just tells you, you know, what type of, what time, what type of season the, the Yankees have been having. You know, Garrett Cole has been, you know, efficiently. He's, he's in the Cy Young running. He's been great this whole season. But the Yankees just couldn't get that, uh, you know. Clark Schmidt has been the number two. Severino has been—hasn't been making it out the first inning last couple games. I mean, you know, most of the starts— Nestor Cortez hasn't been healthy. Carlos Rodon, he, he can't get it together. He's still recovering from injury. You know, the guys, you know, the, the Yankees signed him in the offseason. He's been nothing but a disappointment. But, you know, Clark Schmidt had a good game. Yankees go down 3-0. to zero. They go down 5 games under 500. 5 games under 500, 19 games away from the first place of the division and 10 games behind the final wild card spot. So it's been, again, it's been a tough season for the Yankees. You know, they misjudged for, you know, most couple months of the season. Or a couple, yeah, a couple months in the season, they misjudge. Stanton has been horrible. You know, I hate to talk about my favorite player like that, but he, it's just the honest truth, man. He's been horrible. He's been horrible, and it's not good. Not good at all. Not good at all, man. But uh, you know. Let's get it. Let's get into the Bible talk. Enough of this baseball stuff. Let's prepare for church. Okay, guys. So we are at Genesis forty-one. Genesis forty-one, guys. Last thing, last thing I remember is that Joseph is stuck in the is stuck in the prison, and uh, the baker and the wine server were were allowed to leave the prison but Joseph is forgotten you know Joseph is forgotten Joseph told you know he he explained the dreams to the wine server and the baker He told the baker that he was going to die. And he died. The wine server, he told the wine server he was going to be saved. And he told the wine server to tell Pharaoh about him. The wine server was saved and he forgot about Joseph. Now we're on to Genesis 41. Here we go. Two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile River. In the dream, seven cows came out of the river and stood there eating grass. They were healthy, good looking cows. Then seven more cows came out of the river and stood on the bank of these and stood on the bank of the river by the healthy cows. But these cows were thin and looked sick. The seven sick cows ate the seven healthy cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. Pharaoh went back to sleep and began dreaming again. This time he dreamed that he saw seven heads of grain growing on one plant. They were healthy and full of grain. Then he saw seven more heads of grain sprouting, but they were thin and scorched by, hot the, by the hot wind. The thin heads of grain ate the seven good heads of grain Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was only a dream. The next morning, Pharaoh was worried about these dreams, so he went for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told these men the dreams, but none of them could explain the dreams. The servant tells Pharaoh about Joseph. The wine server remembered Joseph and said to Pharaoh, I remember something that happened to me. You were angry with the baker and me, and you put us in prison. Then one night, he and I had a dream. Each dream had a different meaning. There was a young Hebrew man in the prison with us. He was a servant of the commander of the guards. He, we told him our dreams, and he explained them to us. He told us the meaning of each dream. And what he said came true. He said I would be free and have my old job back. And it happened. He said the baker would die. And it happened. woo So Pharaoh called Joseph from the prison. The guards quickly got Joseph out of prison. Joseph shaved, put him some clean clothes, and went to see Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can explain it for me. I heard that you can explain dreams when someone tells you about them. Joseph answered, I cannot. But God can explain the dream for you, Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing by the Nile River. Seven cows came out of the river and stood there eating the grass. They were healthy, good-looking cows. Then I saw seven more cows come up out of the river after them. But these cows were thin and looked sick. They were the worst cows I've ever seen in a year in Egypt. The thin, sick cows ate the first healthy cows. But they still looked thin and sick. You couldn't even tell that they had eaten the healthy cows. They looked as thin as sick, and sick as they did in the beginning. Then I woke up in my next dream. I saw seven heads of grain growing on one plant. They were healthy and full of grain, and seven more heads of grain grew after them, but they were thin and scorched by the hot wind. The thin heads of grain ate the seven good heads of grain. I told these dreams to my magicians, but no one could explain the dreams to me. What do they mean? Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Both of these dreams have the same meaning. God is telling you what will happen soon. The seven good cows and the seven good heads of grain are seven good years. And then the seven thin, sick-looking cows and the seven thin heads of grain mean that there will be seven years of hunger. In this area. These seven bad years will come after seven good years. God has shown you what will happen soon. He will make these things happen just as I told you. For seven years, there will be plenty of food in Egypt. But then, there will be seven years of hunger. The people will forget how much food There had been in Egypt before. This famine will ruin the country. It will be so bad. That people will forget. What it was like. To have plenty of food. Pharaoh. You had two dreams about the same thing. That means that God wanted to show you. That he will really make this happen. And he will make it happen. Soon. So Pharaoh. You should choose a wise, intelligent man and put him in charge of Egypt. Then you should choose other men to collect food from the people during the seven good years. The people must give them one-fifth of all the food they will grow. In this way, these men will collect all the food during the seven good years and store it in cities until it is needed. Pharaoh, this food will be under your control. Then then this, then during the seven years of hunger, there will be food for the country of Egypt and Egypt will not be destroyed by the famine. This seemed like a very good idea to Pharaoh and all of his officials agreed. Then Pharaoh told them, I don't think we can find anyone better than Joseph to take the job. God's spirit is in him, making him very wise. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, God showed these things to you, so you must be the wisest man. I will put you in charge of my country, and the people will obey all your commands. I will be the only one more powerful than you, Pharaoh said to Joseph. I now make you the governor over all of Egypt then pharaoh gave his special ring to Joseph the royal seal was on this ring wow the pharaoh also gave Joseph a fine linen robe linen linen robe and put a gold chain around his neck what yo he blinged him out then he told Joseph to ride in his second chariot Pharaoh's officials said, let him be the governor over the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, the king over everyone in Egypt, but no one else in Egypt can lift a hand or move a foot unless you say he can. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph another name. Zephanath. Paniah. Did I say it right? Paniah? Zephanath? Paniah? Zaphenath? Benia? I said it like three different ways, man. Gotta be right. He also gave Joseph's wife the name Asenath. Asenath. Asenath? Could it be like that? Who knows? Well, that's jo- That's the Pharaoh Joseph. That's the Pharaoh. That's the name that Pharaoh gave to Joseph's wife. She was the daughter of Potipharah. A priest in the city of An So Joseph became the governor Over the whole country of Egypt Joseph was 30 years old When he began serving the king of Egypt He traveled throughout the country of Egypt During the seven good years The crops in Egypt grew very well Joseph saved the food in Egypt During the seven years And stored them in the cities In every city he stored grain That grew in the fields around the city Joseph stored so much grains that it was like the sands of the sea. He stored so much grain that it could not be measured. Joseph's wife, Asenath, was the daughter of Potipharah, the priest in the city of On. Before the first year of hunger came, Joseph and Asenath had two sons. Joseph named the first son Manasseh Manasseh He was given this name because Joseph said God made me forget all my hard work and everything back home in my father's house. Joseph named the second son Ephraim. Joseph gave him this name because he said I had great troubles, but God has made me successful in everything and i think that's a perfect way to end that verse we didn't we didn't do the whole chapter because you know we got to get ready for church man we got to get ready for church i got to wash this hair man i got to look like i got to get that jesus flow going on you know what i'm saying i want to be glowing I'm just playing but yeah guys I had great troubles but God has made me success successful in everything guys remember that I'll just cut it at that episode 17 coming this week stay tuned but one more thing I had great troubles. But God has made me successful in everything. Sports with Jesus. Out.